we we actually have a little COVID section. A big COVID section, yeah. If you we are... Do, yeah, I didn't mean a little. <laughs> I meant a big, massive... We, if you can't already tell from this podcast, we have been covering the coronavirus pandemic from all angles, from how it's affecting housing markets and real estate and buying and selling to how to cope with it at home, um, how to just basically get through this horrible time. Uh, and so we wanted to put together a resource center for everybody to uh, get the information that they need. If you're interested in seeing all of our coverage, it's at realtor.com slash COVID-19. Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate news and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. I'm Eric Gunther. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And welcome back to another episode of House Party. Hey. Uh, thanks, thanks, thanks. I'm in a good mood. Are you guys in a good mood? But yeah. I'm... As, as, as well as <laughs> can be expected. Yeah, all things considered. Right. Week whatever of quarantine, Um, if you've listened to our past episodes, you know that we've been staying at home, sheltering in place for about a month now, a little over a month for you guys. So it's kind of changed up, you know, the way we live, the way we socialize, what we do, how we spend our time at home. Um, And we've been digesting a lot of TV. We talked about Tiger King um, in a previous episode. But another show that we thought we would check out is Murder House Flip. And it's a new show from the new streaming platform Quibi. Um, So Quibi launched on April 6th, so very recently. And it's basically kind of like Netflix. They have a bunch of original content, but they're all in like digestible little bite-sized episodes. So the episodes are no more than 10 minutes, sometimes even less. Um, And the thing about Quibi is that it's meant to be watched on your device. So your cell phone, your tablet, um, it's an app. So it's kind of just more of like a, I guess, on the go type of experience. (laughs) I don't know. I think like, yeah, and laying in bed before you go to sleep, maybe in the bathroom, (laughs) just (laughs) <laughs> just throwing it out there that's a possibility but yeah i mean, I mean I think plenty it's... of people take their phone to the bathroom that's true <laughs> um, i think it's um, for anybody who just wants you know just a real quick snippet out of the 20-ish shows that they launched um with their you know the launch of their platform this one combines home improvement which we love and murder which we also find interesting a new show called murder house flip fixes up homes where murders have happened. I'm all in. There's two hosts, Joelle Uziel and Mikkel Welch. Yeah, the two designers go to houses where gruesome murders have occurred and they flip them for the owners who want to, you know, put a different face on their on their home. This particular episode focused on the home where the murders of seven people occurred by a little old lady named Dorothea Puente in Sacramento. Um, So again, this is in the Sacramento area. She murdered these people and buried the bodies all around the yard. Um, The house itself, just to give you background, has not been updated. It still retained all the same flooring. They showed, you know, brief glimpses of the inside 
and a lot of the outside. And I would say it looked pretty darn creepy. I did find one of the most horrifying things about it was not necessarily the bodies, but the fact that it's five bedrooms and one bathroom. But that's beside <laughs> the point. Um, but yeah, we, I felt like we were kind of just dropped into it a little bit. And it was just kind of like, okay, here are these people. They bought a murder house and now they want it to look different. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that might be a function of the, the Quibi bite-sized format yeah. because, yeah, there wasn't a lot of backstory. They they focused more on the, you know, the salacious aspects of the murder and the bodies being buried. And like I say, this happened a long time ago and owners have come and gone. And what's the big whoop? Yeah. Well, and Eric, Eric, you say they focus on the, the, the gruesome murders and where the bodies were buried. They walk the hosts around the house, but they also focus on how the hosts cannot deal with murder. Are you trying to tell me that we'll find body parts? There's a distinct possibility, yeah. Typically, I would say ladies first, but you're not going to leave me upstairs in this haunted house. Like, <laughs> Joel, Joel is freaked, like, throughout the entire episode, three episodes, she is freaked out by the fact that there could be bodies under where they're going to put in a swing set. And I'm like, girl, then why are you hosting a show about murder or well, like, I see, but I going that, into murder houses? That's that's the play up the angle. I don't know that she really feels those things. She may feel it to some extent. I can't believe we're doing this. This is the bodies were touching this dirt and they could have touched the fence poles. It's like, oh, my God. Right. Yeah. I just wrote in my notes, corny AF. Yes. <laughs> I had cheesy AF. So we were all on the same page. So I want to point out that what I was surprised by is I thought they were actually going to flip the house, but they did not focus <laughs> on the interior of the home at all. They That's only great focused point. on the yard and outdoor space. Yeah, this was my biggest point with the premise of the show. It's called Murder House Flip, and flipping implies that you are then selling the home, right? Yes, Doesn't, it does, because the whole to complete the flip, you must sell the home. Yeah, it should be right. Murder House Reno, if anything. Yeah. Well, this, I mean, this should have just been called Side Yard Renovations. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> I don't think we actually discussed what renovation they did on the house. Um, so, Rachel, let's, I mean, what did they actually do? The woman, Barbara, is an artist, um, a strange kind of artist. She collected mannequins, speaking of body parts, and also does mosaics. And so there was just junk everywhere and then they had a storage shed that was covered with a blue tarp we never really got to see inside the storage shed but we were told that it was necessary to keep for this renovation <laughs> don't and know the why tarps, the, the tarp remained as far as i know yes yeah they kept the tarp because their solution to getting rid of to, to hiding the shed and the tarp was to build a gazebo, gazebo. To cover it. Um, so that was their big project that they put in. Uh, in addition to a an arts art area for Barbara to do her mosaics. And then they also put in a swing set for their nieces and nephews and grandkids. And a fire pit on. outside too. So and a fire pit. They made a very yeah. nice, I will admit, it did. It was a very great transformation. They very, made a very nice outdoor space that yeah. I would love to spend time in. So they put together this nice gazebo and I'll, I agree with you guys it, it did look good the end result was good but mm -hmm. they didn't talk at all about like the decor the philosophy like they just sat down and said like oh this is nice yeah it was a, just a pale imitation of HGTV and I feel like the premise of the show actually is unique though it's not just fixer upper or flip or flop it, these homes have a 
major backstory and they mm-hmm. seem to gloss over agree. that i i don't know there's something bothering me about the format yeah no i agree that, that they they they've hit on a formula in that yes i would like to see inside a murder house but they didn't do anything inside that house. I know. so i we, think that's the fundamental ba- issue yeah, yeah. And we keep going back to that but that, that i think actually being able to sell it would like really give this something to talk about I because I mean we're talking about it right now but because there's a it's murder houses are stigmatized and yes. they're notoriously difficult to sell and so if they were able to pull that off then we'd be like wow huh this is a this is a cool premise okay right. um I think because of the quibby format of short snippet episodes Maybe that's hint. Like maybe this is too big of a premise to actually like for a Quibi show, right? Like maybe that's what I wonder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, great point. I mean, to, to to try and shoehorn all the elements that we've described into like a six minute episode is just probably not possible. Mm-hmm. Just not meant to be bite sized. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I mean, I'm still gonna watch it. I'm I'm gonna watch the next the next house they flip and. Maybe they will actually go inside the house and, and take out, you know, original. I mean, they could have done so much. They 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 focus so much on that bedroom. Like this is where she did her murders in the bedroom because mm-hmm. it's close to the bathroom. So they could have like turned out their master bedroom yeah, and like th- taken up the sense. floor. Like that yeah. would have been a perfect opportunity. I fully expected after that conversation that we were going to see a transformation of the master bedroom. And then we never went inside the house again. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Well, I'm going to watch the next, the next house that they make over. I'll watch it. Such, it's such a little commitment. You know, It's not like sitting down to watch a 42 minute episode or an hour episode. It's, it's very low stakes. I will not be soldiering on with Murder House Flip. You're not going to watch another. You can't devote no. another six minutes to it. Eric, what if we tell? What if it, Rachel and I watch it and then we tell you that they actually do go inside the house and like remake a room in the house? Well, if if it's for the purposes of the pod, then sure. I, I of course <laughs> I'll watch it. But for the good of the pod. So if we if you guys had to give this show murder house flip an a through f rating what would you give it i would i I would give it a solid d i'll i'll be nicer i'll say c minus i was gonna say just a solid c okay i was actually pretty impressed by the final result so again right so there are elements yeah the the design is nice and the the hosts like i say were perfectly nice people but the execution the the execution and structure were just way off yeah they need some work maybe they'll find their footing next episode let's hope so (laughs) let's hope so something we were thinking about this week was kind of all these hidden costs of self-isolating at home these things that when we were budgeting for the month we before we might not have thought about um an increase in utility bills. I that's mm-hmm. the thing I'm thinking of. I'm definitely using a lot more electricity now that I'm home all day every day. And our coworker just said that hers went up $25 this month. And I'm sure many people, many of our listeners are also going through the same thing. Yeah. People all around the country. I mean, Eric, have you seen anything any any uh hidden costs that have come up? No. I mean, I, the one that gets me and it's not really a hidden cost is that I'm paying for car registration and I'm also paying for, I I lease my car. And so I'm paying for my car lease and I'm not using my car. Yeah. So that's again, a a 
first word world problem. I understand that, but um, it's but it's a monthly expense. It's it's part yeah, of your budget. It's it, it seems silly that I'm paying for a lease on a car that I'm not even using. So, but yeah. I, you know what am I going to fight City Hall and. Rah! <laughs> <laughs> Give me back my money. Yeah. I, yeah. So it's just lost money. But yeah. And then, but I, you know, right. I have saved on gas for sure. I, I haven't had to fill my car up in a long time. Yeah. I have my Metro card um, for the subway that I'm just not using. Uh, and that's 120 bucks, 124 or 22 bucks a month. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There are plenty of unexpected household costs that have come with this pandemic. So this actually dovetails quite nicely into our interview with Bola Sukunbi. She is a finance expert, and we chatted with her about ways to make smart financial decisions during this time. Whether you're just trying to keep your monthly budget on track, or you're actually saving for something big like a house purchase, she had a lot of great tips. So here is our conversation. So now we're here with Bola Sukunbi. She is the she's a finance guru and the host of Clever Girls Know podcast. Hey Bola, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Bola, it's- we were just talking about kind of some of the unexpected costs that have come w- along with this pandemic and we're all trying to tighten our belts a little bit. Some of us um, more than others, I you know, unemployment right now is really frightening. Um, what would you tell our listeners is the most important thing that you can do right now in terms of their budgeting? The main area you want to focus on is making sure you have your core essentials in place and that your family is safe. And that's really your food, making sure you have safe shelter for yourself or for yourself and your family, making sure you have your core utilities covered. So your electricity, um, any heating needs that you you have, since it's still a little cold, some parts of the country, um, you know, things like that. And then any medicine that you might need, as well as transportation needs to get to the store to pick up your essentials or to get to you know, the pharmacy to pick up your medicine. That's really the core focus. So as you think about your budget, you should be focusing on your essentials and you should be thinking about ways to cut back on any non-essential spending right now. I know that is very um, uh, attractive seeing the travel deals and all the stores going on sale. However, mm-hmm. in this space where you know there's a lot of uncertainty, even if you have a job, the focus is to cut back on any non-essential spending. And if you are able to put aside as much money as you can, just you know to give yourself that peace of mind stepping into the future right now. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't say that buying like expensive candles to make you feel cozy and safe at home is something that we should be doing in this time? Just asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, just asking for a friend. <laughs> um, not really. I mean, I want to, I, you know, it's it's like a catch-22. You still want to support the small businesses. You still want to yeah. support, you know, the, the mom and pop shops out there. And so, you know, one way you can do that is, yes, you can buy a candle for your sanity, but you want to be objective about your overall budget, right? Um, you want to mm-hmm. make sure you can keep your lights on like the real lights <laughs> before mm-hmm. you buy the candle. And then yeah. another way that you can support, you know, small businesses, which is a challenge a lot of people are having right now is I, I don't want to see these businesses closed is that you can purchase your essentials for them or if you, from them, or if you walk into the grocery store, you can focus on picking up the small business brands versus the mm. big, you know, corporations that have millions of dollars in backing. So we were talking uh, before you joined us, Bola, about, 
um, you know, most of us are, you know, saving money right now on gas or on going out and things like that. But some of our expenses have gone up in other areas. Um, mm-hmm. For instance, utilities, electricity, because we're sitting at home all day or we're maybe running the dishwasher more. Um, we're getting food delivered and groceries delivered and paying those delivery fees that maybe we weren't anticipating. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I would say that, yes, you are right. You know, expenses have shifted because you're spending more time at home. But just because you're not spending money in your standard way uh, doesn't mean that you still can't be mindful, right? So, for example, grocery store delivery fees are, depending where you live, between like $10 and $20. But um, if you opt for curbside pickup where they put the groceries into your trunk, um, you know, for many places it's free or under $10. So that's one way that you can think about cutting back. Um, that's great. When you're home, a lot of people um, just tend to have tons of lights on everywhere. And <laughs> when you're not when you're not there, you don't need all those lights. And if you're just in one room, you don't need lights all over your apartment or all over your house. And, you know, those small actions, they can make a difference. Let's kind of transition for people who are were, were or still are potentially interested in buying a house um, mm-hmm. in this upcoming year or the following year um, and things may have gotten tight for them financially. What tips would you have for whether they're first time buy? Maybe let's focus on first time buyers first. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, things have gotten tighter for a lot of people, but the government is trying to do things to accommodate the financial impact. And one of the things that they did, as you know, is that they lowered interest rates, right? So mm-hmm. what that means for a first-time home buyer is that you have the opportunity to still buy a house at a great interest rate, um, which means that you could potentially have a lot lower monthly payments. And so mm-hmm. what I would tell people who are looking in this space is that just because interest rates are lower does not mean you should adjust your budget up, right? Um, I'm hearing a lot of people say, well, your purchasing power just went up because interest rates are lower. And that's great <laughs> for the people who are selling you know, the homes, but you'll still want to bring it back into perspective of what can you truly comfortably afford. So as you're thinking about purchasing your home, number one, again, if that's a priority goal for you, you want to be putting money aside so that you can you can pay for the down payment even more if necessary. You're going to mm-hmm. still have those moving costs, right, to move from your current home or your apartment or from another state into this new home. You also want to sit down and go over all the potential costs that could come with purchasing the house. So what are you going to have to pay for any inspections and things like that? You want to factor that in. What is it going to cost me to hire a U-Haul and move all my stuff from this place to this other house, right? And then it's okay to adjust your budget downwards. Yes, interest rates are low but it doesn't mean that you you need to go out go out go all out and buy the most expensive house at the top of your budget right mm-hmm. you can shop around as best as you can and find maybe a house that might need a little bit you know more love over the years like maybe it might need new carpets or it might need new fixtures like some low cost you know things updates to the house but potentially the difference between that high-end brand new house and this house that needs a bit of love could be huge and it could save you tens of thousands of dollars right off of the cost of your mortgage so those are the things that you want to be thinking about as you think about purchasing the home nice okay awesome for people who maybe renters who um didn't pay their rent on april 1st or people who are um paying mortgages and their, their lender allowed them to not have to make a payment last month um, because of the economy and how it's affecting people. Um, 
Do you know how that's going to affect people's credit scores at all, if it's going to? So, yes, that's actually a really great question and one I've been getting very often. So the first thing you need to do right now, if you're listening to this, is if you did not make a payment or you're thinking about not making next month's payment um, for whatever reason, you lost your job, money is tight, etc., you need to communicate it to your lender. Don't assume that your lender knows that you're going through financial difficulty if you haven't told them. Um, the way things are being reported to credit, especially when it comes to like debt, really depends on the lender, right? So if you don't communicate it to them, there is a chance that depending on your lender, you could be charged a late fee. You could have a negative remark put in your, on your credit. However, for people who are reaching out to their lenders, their creditors, um, sometimes it's even just logging into your, your account online and clicking a button to let them know. For people who are doing that, um, lenders are doing a number of things. Um, they're allowing people to defer their payments for you know anything from two to six months. Um, they're suspending late fees. They are not doing any late reporting on your credit. Um, you know, so they're giving all these different opportunities. They're de- they're delaying or uh, pausing any accounts being sent to collections. Some are even like waiving interest. You know, for example. So it really depends mm. on your lender, but you have to communicate with them. Um, for the for the most part, most lenders I've seen have committed to supporting people by not making late payment notifications to the credit bureaus. However, um, not all lenders are doing this automatically, which means that if you don't communicate, there are some lenders that are just going to assume that, well, she just didn't feel like paying it this month, so we're going to make that report. Got it. It's all about communication. Yeah, it's, <laughs> just, it's important. Just and, be open. <laughs> and, and I've heard people say, well, you know, the website was crashing or this is taking too long. I couldn't get them on the phone and this and this. And, you know, just keep trying. At the end of the day, yeah. what's more important to you? The fact that, you you know, you don't want to listen to the music on the phone or the negative remark on your credit report. Totally. Um, okay, Rachel, do you have any other questions? No, I think this was amazing. And you guys, you should definitely check out Bola's podcast. It's the Clever Girls Know podcast. All right. Thank you so much, Bola. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, let's move on to winners and losers. This is our segment at the end of the episode where we talk about celebrities and the homes that they bought, sold, or rented. We choose one winner and one loser. And let's chat about it. Let's start with our loser. The loser is Mark Bell. So financier Mark Bell had this home built uh, in Boca Raton in 2005. It's a mansion. This place we've written about, gosh, back in 2014, as far back as 2014, this place was on the market for $35 million. And what it has inside is kind of a ode to Star Trek. It's Bell, I guess, is a huge Star Trek fan. And the home theater is a homage to the Enterprise. Starship I'm Enterprise. not a Star Trek fan, so I'm I'm kind of grasping, but <laughs> I think it's the Enterprise. But yes. yeah, and then he also has a kind of a home theater area, area outside of the home theater where it's, a, you know, like a bar with like a bunch of memorabilia. So the reason we're calling him our loser this week, though, is that it came back on the market just within the past couple of weeks for $19.9 million, which is way down from the original $35 million he was, mm. he was in search of, 43% off. 
It's that still place. so expensive for this place. Yeah, and again, this is this is one person's vision, and to find a buyer to buy into that vision is you you know you you would have to find somebody that's a you know a Star Trek, Star Wars, sci-fi movie aficionado. Mm-hmm. Um, n- not that those people don't exist, but then willing to spend twenty million dollars and live in Boca and have a twenty thousand square foot home. Are you guys impressed with the decor in the non-sci-fi Star Trek areas? Um, yeah. Well, I'm looking at the bedroom. The bedroom, no, it's like no. all white. It's it's very yeah. it's like white glossy. No. Mm-hmm. Um, the bathroom is kind of run down, so no. Okay. You, you, I mean, you know me, I'm picky. You want, <laughs> even if this was a new house, you'd find things that you didn't like. You you wanted yeah. a 2019 home to feel more like 2020. I did, and this—I mean, this room is cheesy. This is no. I feel like you are hard pressed actually to find a space where there isn't some uh, over the top element. Yes, I mean, even the bedroom, you know, is all white but has red accents, and it feels a little space agey. So you just you you have to be all in with this house it's not like they just made over the home theater to look like the enterprise which i actually think looks pretty cool i am a star trek fan but the rest of the house like that's enough that's enough for that (laughs) right i I get my fix in there yeah i don't know how you yeah he's uh yeah he's got he's got a ways to go i mean it's it's going to be tough to find that buyer at 20 million dollars uh we profiled this home like i say at least two or three times over the years. And uh, just because of its decor, anytime it springs back on the market, we feel like we're almost compelled to give an update. And now it's come back on the market with a even larger price cut. So yeah, unfortunately, Mark Bell is our loser of the week. Yep. He is boldly going where no one wants to go. <laughs> hey <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Good night. Yo, you you can sign off. Uh, nice one. Okay, that was awesome. Um, okay, and let's move on to our winner. Our winner is, of course, Drake, the rapper. Drake's home was on the cover of Architectural Digest, and he is showing it off. It's his beautiful Toronto home, and we're expecting that he's going to sell it or he's just showing it off no he's just showing it off he's showing off the fruits of all his labor okay okay i mean this house is wild yeah no they they, they did a good job i mean he worked with this guy uh ferris i i'm, I'm gonna butcher his last name rafuli i believe it, this, it was the architect and interior designer that drake worked with on the entire mansion it's a fifty thousand square foot mansion so take that in for a second <laughs> In Toronto. In Toronto. So, uh, and we also, you know, it's gorgeous. There are parts of it that I really like too. But, you know, we surveyed uh, Twitter to see what, uh, you know, the haters were saying. And uh, a lot of people compared it to kind of a casino. And maybe, I don't know if that's what the vibe that you like, Rachel. Mm. I mean, <laughs> oh my God, Rachel loves Vegas. <laughs> she does like Vegas. I do. And so, I mean, yeah, no, that's fine. And, so, you know, another person compared it to a hotel lobby. Mm-hmm. But our favorite one was somebody that said, uh, Drake's house looks like the type of place that overcharges you for a bottle of Tito's vodka before they let you in. <laughs> it does. Like a nightclub, a Vegas yeah, so nightclub. It, yeah. Yeah. It, it has that kind of like the entire place, as far as we've seen from the photos that were published in Architectural Digest, it has a kind of that, you know, velvet rope, 
bottle service kind mm-hmm. of vibe, like swanky, yeah. upscale. As but, evidenced by but, the fact that I thought the recording studio was the champagne room. Right. It's yeah. certainly not homey in any sense of no. the word, but no. it is, it's just so Drake and it just looks yeah. like yeah. a really cool place to hang out. I guess, right. So what we're saying is it's not a shocker. He is a winner, but it's not a shocker that he had this immense 50,000 square foot mansion filled with that looks like Vegas. Mm-hmm. Right. Vegas in a very upscale way, not like yes. cheesy Vegas. Right. Yeah. And also, I mean, you know, spaces that we don't see, I think, in the photos as of yet are there's a indoor basketball court in NBA regulation size basketball court. There's a great room wow. with 44, 44 foot ceilings. And then there's a chandelier with 20,000 pieces of hand-cut Swarovski crystals. Jeez. Not a bad place to be quarantined, to be sheltering in place. <laughs> right. And so, yeah. I, and if you've seen the new video uh, for Tuzi Slide. Right foot up, left foot slide, left foot up, right foot slide. I think his mansion, it's called the Embassy, is what, what the mansion is known as now. Um, you, you, you'll see kind of elements of the mansion in that video. Mm-hmm. His bedroom is 3,200 square feet. <laughs> yeah. We, Just let that sink in. I know. Bigger we, than most single family homes. <laughs> yeah. And I, we, we talked about this, I think, even with, uh, gosh, who was it? Birdman, I believe. You guys were mm-hmm. both saying, like, holy moly, Birdman's, uh, you know, uh, master bedroom is 3,000 square feet. Who has that? Well, Drake does. And he, he did Birdman even better. The article from AD notes that the bed and the base of the bed weigh around one ton. So, again, everything's custom fitted. It's There's nothing, I don't think he bought anything necessarily just off a showroom floor. I think everything was custom made to the home. For sure. Well, so Drake coming out with just, yeah, the most insane house ever in Toronto. So that's why he's our winner this week. Okay, and that's it for House Party. If you want to check out any of the stories that we talked about today, please go to realtor.com slash news. Um, If you like what you heard, you can subscribe. Please, if you have time, give us a rating and write us a review. It helps people find us. It would make us so happy. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us, podcast at realtor.com. We love hearing your questions, and we might just read them on the air. If you want to check out any of the stories that we talked about today, please go to realtor.com slash news. If you're interested in learning more about the budgeting tips we talked about today, or you want more tips and advice on how to cope during the coronavirus pandemic, please go to our landing page. It's realtor.com slash COVID-19. And then finally, we would love to hear from you on social media. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter. We're at House Party Pod on both. Thank you so much. Stay safe, stay inside, and we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.